Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Wednesday, November 18th, and this is your FT News Briefing. More financial help could be on the way for some of the world's poorest countries. Amazon jumps into the online pharmaceutical market, and Unilever is pushing hard on a plant-based sales goal. Plus, a new report says hedge funds added to the chaos in the U.S. Treasury market during the early days of the pandemic. We'll explain how. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Saudi Arabia is hosting the annual G20 summit this weekend. We use the word hosting loosely because everything will be virtual. Now, semantics aside, the FT spoke to Saudi Arabia's finance minister, Mohammed Al-Jadin. His country holds the G20 presidency this year, and he said more help could be headed to low-income nations whose economies have been hit hard by the pandemic. Jadin said he was optimistic that the group of nations and the IMF could agree on a new allocation of the fund's special drawing rights soon. Now, these special drawing rights, they're known as SDRs for short, are an international reserve asset given to IMF members in proportion to their share of the global economy. They can be used for cash injections to countries with diminishing foreign exchange reserves. The IMF doled out $270 billion worth of SDRs during the 2008 financial crisis. The head of the IMF, Kristalina Georgieva, has been pushing for low-income countries to get a piece of this SDR action now. So is China but the U.S. has been a roadblock. The G20 is not expected to announce an SDR breakthrough this weekend during the summit, and Finance Minister Jaden said no specific amounts have been discussed. But he told the FT that a consensus is being built and hopes the initiative will be used as a tool for structural reform so countries with large debt and low income can break the cycle of unsustainable borrowing. Sometime soon, when you go to Impulse Buy on Amazon, you might be able to add your prescription drugs to the cart, too. Amazon launched an online pharmacy in the U.S. yesterday. It would deliver medicines and offer discounts of up to 80% on generic drugs for Prime members paying without insurance. Those discounts would be applied both online and at more than 50,000 bricks-and-mortar pharmacies around America. The prospect of new competition caused investors in big American pharmacy chains to panic a bit. CVS shares were down about 8.5% on Tuesday, while shares in Walgreens were down about 9.5%. But it might not be so easy for Amazon to break into the market. A senior retail analyst at Moody's pointed out that customers tend to be loyal to their local pharmacists. They want to trust the people handling their medication. And these customers tend to be older, which means they're less likely to shop online. And Unilever is trying to reel in its climate-conscious customers. The multinational is trying to increase its annual plant-based meat and dairy alternative sales to 1 billion euros by 2027. It's way higher than the 200 million euro sales Unilever expects from plant-based substitutes this year. Unilever said its vegetarian butcher brand was growing explosively. If multinationals continue to push into this area, industry experts think that plant-based products would get cheaper and the market would eventually consolidate. Unilever is also trying to halve the food waste from its direct global operations by 2025. It's five years earlier than its previous promise. Think back to March for a second. Coronavirus turned the world upside down, and mayhem occurred in the $20 trillion U.S. Treasury market like we've never seen before. 
You know the rest. The Federal Reserve stepped in. But a new report from the Financial Stability Board now pinpoints what added to the Treasury market chaos. I'm here with the FT's U.S. Markets reporter, Colby Smith. Colby, what exactly did the FSB find when it came to hedge funds and and this time period in March that we're talking about right now? So ever since, you know, the cracks first emerged in financial markets uh, back in March, policymakers have been working really hard to kind of diagnose what exactly caused trading conditions to uh, break down as much as they did. And what we did see in the Treasury market back in March was particularly frightening because the Treasury market is the world's largest, most important bond market. And to see, you know, dysfunction there has knock on effects to basically every other market in the world. And so what the FSB be found was that the unwinding of a popular hedge fund trade contributed in part to some of that dysfunction. Now, it wasn't the sole driver by any stretch of the imagination. Hedge funds, they had been involved in this so-called basis trade, where they take advantage of price differentials between treasury bonds and their underlying futures. And these differences are typically very small. So what hedge funds do is they use lots of leverage to juice their returns. But as investors globally, you know, scrambled for cash in this March period, many had to sell the one thing that that is easiest to sell and, and most liquid, which are, which are treasuries. And by doing so on mass, it ended up on upending in a way the basis trade that many of these hedge funds were in, and it, it forced you know those price differentials that I mentioned previously to to blow out. And so hedge funds were were forced as well to to liquidate some of their own positions, which led to even more selling pressure at a time when banks were struggling to absorb all of these securities and and keep a bid in the market. So the FSB basically kind of uh, took us through all the different factors here, and they were were able to conclude that hedge funds did play a role. Right. And, and to that point, you know, it sounds based on what the FSB reported that the Fed intervention actually enabled some of this behavior. The FSB said that aggressive policy actions may have changed private sector expectations of central bank actions in the future. What did the FSB mean by that? Well, I think there's been a lot of scrutiny on on central banks here in in their reaction to uh, these types of crisis moments because there are broad concerns about how significant of support that they did provide. And in taking such decisive action to stabilize the treasury market, they injected billions of dollars you know, into the repo market, which is a short-term lending market that hedge funds were using to, to fund some of these trades. They also you know, pledged to buy an unlimited quantity of treasury securities. So the type of action that they did was unprecedented. It overshadowed their response to the 2008 crisis. And, and I think the severity of the moves that we did see in March warranted that. But there are concerns about moral hazard here. There are concerns that hedge funds that might be in this trade will know that you know the Fed can't afford to have the treasury market not functioning again. So if there are trading dislocations, the Fed is going to stand ready and, and willing to come in and intervene as needed. I do wonder, has there been any reaction to the FSB report and the red flags that they raise? And will that possibly curb central bank reaction moving forward? Or will there be more of an eye on hedge funds so that this sort of action doesn't occur again? Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's kind of the, the big question here at this point. It's it's how do we go from diagnosing the problem to actually doing something about it in the future? Um, I think this marks, you know, one of the first initial steps in, in better understanding 
how this whole situation played out in March. And uh, I think as the COVID crisis rages on, that's going to take up a lot of policymakers' time and, and energy. So I don't necessarily think that we're going to see a big regulatory push just yet. There are also other kind of market dislocations and issues that FSB brought up in their report, whether it has to do with money market funds or you know margin call practices and some of these other liquidity risks uh, that, that also arose in March. So it's not just strictly kind of a hedge fund issue, that there's obviously a number of things to look at, and it's certainly going to be the priority after we get past this pandemic. Colby Smith is our U.S. markets reporter. Thanks, Colby. Thank you. Before we go, the U.S. Senate blocked Donald Trump's nominee to the Federal Reserve Board yesterday. Several Republicans sided with Democrats to knock this one down. And now Judy Shelton is the fifth Trump nominee to fail to make it to the U.S. Central Bank's Board of Governors. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Did you know the Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.